Chapter One of Clogshop Chronicles. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Clogshop Chronicles by John Ackworth. An Atonement. When Barbary Royal returned to Beckside to live, it was generally understood that she had had a misfortune but that as it was something for which she was more to be pitied than blamed no person with any decency would ever think of making inquiries about it besides everybody knew everything about everybody else in beckside and if they only waited barbara would tell of herself but she never did and nothing could be gathered from the little girl she brought back with her who reminded the old people so much of the barbara of long ago she had lived in a big place a long way off she said her mother had told her that she had a daddy but she had never seen him and she was called royal like her mother and that was all that could be elicited when a child's called after its mother drawled long ben picking a chip out of the clog shop fire and lighting his pipe with it there's summat wrong with its feyther and if all childer in beckside as had feythers wi summat wrong about em had to be renamed after their mothers interrupted old jabe the clogger lifting a very red face from over a disabled clog there'd be a bonny christening at your house and i tell thee summat else he continued rising to his feet and brandishing a well-worn knife if t' mon as talked about puncing a chap when he were down had come to beckside he'd find them as ud do it to a woman jabe's rejoinder being unusually fierce even for him it was clear that he disapproved of curiosity in this direction and that the subject had better be dropped dropped at the clog shop it was soon dropped everywhere else for that establishment and its proprietor were the centres of public opinion in the village beckside scarcely was a village it was just two or three clusters of cottages dotted here and there with bigger buildings stationed on the left slope of the clough having a little methodist chapel at one end of it and a mill at the other there was no street in the village the road that ran slantwise down to the beck bridge at the bottom of the clough and up again towards knob top as the farm at the opposite side of the clough was called being the only provision of the nature of streetage which beckside possessed the clog shop stood on the left just past the chapel at the point where the road turned down towards the beck so that it commanded a full view of the road right down to the bridge and it was the main object in sight when you came up the road from the bridge the clog shop itself was merely a lean-to standing against the end of jabe's cottage and having a big window facing the road and a little one looking into the garden behind the fireplace stood with its back to the cottage though of comparatively modern construction it was very ancient in style and was as nearly like an old-time ingle-nook as the imagination of jabe and the ingenuity of the local builder could produce the remains of two or three clog benches and two long low stools provided the furniture of this primitive cosy corner which was all the year round and almost all the day long occupied either by customers who waited for clogs that were being spetched or by old becksiders to whom it served as a club-room and hotel jabe himself was a bachelor and a confirmed woman-hater his apprentice for the time being was usually both cook and housemaid except when aunt judy came in to fettle up independent of both men and women jabe used to say with a tremendous emphasis on the and 
Jabe had a short leg and a long one, the shorter one being used as a sort of indicator of feeling, much in the same way as a dog uses his tail, and the sudden jerking out of the abbreviated member and its being flung violently over the other was taken as an unfailing sign that something was coming. Barbara Royle had been one of Jabe's special trials in days gone by, a laughing, teasing, black-eyed beauty, who even after her conversion was suspected of carrying on with the lads. She would come into the clog shop to have her clog mended, as demurely as she went to class, except that she was usually humming some popular Sunday school tune. "'I want to be an angel,' she was murmuring, on one of those occasions whilst Jay put on her clog iron. "'Aye, but the latter be a vast change, if ever that an angel, wench,' said Jabe. "'And there had been a change.' Barbara had gone away from Beckside, and was supposed to be doing well in a distant town. Suddenly, however, she had returned, a sad-eyed, shrinking woman, whose every action proclaimed that she wanted to be let alone. "'Go when thou'rt axed,' Jabe said to those who thout a coin on her, but as Barbara never asked anybody, they had to be content as they were. Jabe himself was strongly suspected of having been to see Barbary, for Peter Twist, bending his head down as he sat in the nook and speaking under his breath while jabe served a customer communicated to two or three of the chaps that owd jabe had been to him to speak for a couple of looms for barbara and that when he came he looked as if he'd been skriking so barbara was allowed to settle down quietly among her own she had no near relatives the more distant ones had known little about her while she was away and kept carefully aloof when she returned and so she and her child were allowed to follow their own devices and settle in a small cottage down by the beck bridge except to gratify their curiosity the beckside women had taken no interest in barbara and only showed their nature by a characteristic hardness to one who had seen misfortune some of them indeed owed her a grudge of long standing for her flirting triumphs of other days and affected to be astonished when jabe received her as a full member of his class barbary ryle's barbary ryle said aunt judy who in virtue of her relationship to jabe was a sort of leader of opinion amongst the women barbary ryle's barbary ryle and if oo isna settin her cap a sumbry afore oo's been here mony week my name's not judy jabe as a matter of fact this was not mrs judy's name at all she had been married for a few months only and as her late husband had been nobody in particular people had never got into the habit of calling her by his name surnames were always somewhat of a difficulty in beckside in most cases they were superfluous and were also considered to be pretentious and so in the nature of things it came about that aunt judy became known as judy jabe the judy of jabe whether barbara ever heard of judy's prediction or not she seemed to take particular pains to avoid the society of men and when ned royle the new overlooker came to the mill and aunt judy and her gossips were sartin sure she'd try to catch him they were perplexed to find that barbara avoided ned even more carefully than she did other men ned turned out to be a methodist and one monday night went to the prayer meeting he must have been a little early for the room was empty presently the door opened and barbara entered but she stopped suddenly turning deadly pale and wheeling round, nearly flew down the chapel flags. Long Ben met her rushing away, 
and declared over the clog-shop fire that night that it was a regular queer do or seed her go in and or seed her come out and who looked as if who'd seen a boggart and when or geet into the vestry there were ned looking more like a boggart nor even barbary did ned royal was something of a mystery the fact that he bore the same surname as barbara attracted no attention for royal was the commonest surname in the district nobody seemed to know where the new overlooker came from although a slight difference in his twang made it clear that he was not of beckside origin the super had told jabe that he had received a note of removal for ned and that he had been a sunday school teacher at the mill he was regarded somewhat suspiciously as he had introduced several useful but very unpopular changes the fact that he was a teetotaler was against him and his neglect of the flagrant weed disfranchised him as far as the clog shop club was concerned he had joined the sunday school of which jabe was perpetual superintendent ned showed however a most decided preference for teaching girls but as such a thing was only allowed in cases of emergency his opportunities did not occur very often however he was soon immensely popular with the little wenches and at tea-parties foraged for them in the provision-room and waited upon them with untiring zeal his special favourite was little emmy royal barbara's daughter the women said he was simply kind to the child to get at the mother an opinion openly denied but privately accepted by jabe when however one dark sunday afternoon as school was loosing and jabe was limping home a little behind the rest he saw little emmy in front of him and was just noticing how she walked straight like her mother when he saw a man start out of a ginnel snatch emmy up in his arms kiss and hug her passionately and then putting her tenderly down again hurry away in jabe's direction jabe was excited and had just prepared a hot blast for this offender when meeting him face to face he discovered it was ned royle and that tears were in the man's eyes and he was visibly agitated jabe's gruff ow do in return to ned's salutation was evidently intended to be addressed to the pole star judging by the direction in which he looked as he uttered it and the following evening over the clog shop fire jabe whilst not making the slightest reference to what he had seen expressed a very decided opinion that yon mon has had childer of his own some time about this time the mill began to run short time and eventually stopped altogether trade was bad and hard times were come again considerable surprise was expressed in beckside that barbara royle one of the newest of the weavers should be almost the last to be stopped and the women-folk took it as another sign that ned was after barbara jabe suppressed all murmurings in his presence by quoting the text about the widow and the fatherless widow indeed sniffed mary meadows an angular hard-faced old weaver of grasping habits who's as mitch of a widow as but jabe had jumped to his feet and was kicking aside a small heap of clog tops which had accumulated around his bench as if he wanted to get at the speaker and the look on his face was so threatening that mary forgot to pay for her new heel irons in her haste to depart it was noticed also by the members of the clog shop club and by several quite ordinary people as well that ned royle who had nobody to keep but himself was one of the first to feel the pinch of the stoppage 
what made it more perplexing was that ned was commonly supposed to have declined at least two offers of work since the mill stopped either of which was better than his present situation the widow with whom he lodged told sam speck who of course told all the clog shop cronies that ned royle was fair clem in hisself, which reminded long ben that the super had lately dropped into the habit of calling ned mr edward jabe being the only person in the methodist society at beckside who was considered entitled to be called mr even by the superintendent minister the leaders meeting at beckside was also mystified by the fact that the minister always prevented them sending any help during these bad times to barbara royle assuring them with a confidence which greatly excited curiosity that she was amply provided for and indeed it seemed so for barbara was in fact a liberal contributor to the needs of the poor and might often be seen coming from cottages where poverty was known to exist then the dreaded smallpox came to beckside and in a few days poverty was lost sight of in the presence of this more terrifying foe in a short time half the houses in the hamlets had patients in them then although the welcome news came that the mill was to be restarted nothing could be done for lack of hands and strangers would not come near the doctor's assistant from brogdon came to live in the place until the plague was over and the methodist superintendent was to be seen in beckside every day beyond these no stranger was to be met with the postman had caught the disease and died and no one could be got to regularly take his place vehicles instead of driving through beckside made a detour of nearly two miles round by stanger bottom a heavy oppressive silence hung over the place broken only by the sound of long ben's hammer as he worked almost night and day making coffins the clog shop became a sort of relief committee room where the self-appointed committee men sat all day long discussing the situation and fumigating themselves with tobacco a peculiarity of the epidemic was that in beckside at any rate it was commonest amongst the women and so many other women were needed to nurse them that a petticoat was scarcely ever seen out of doors during the visitation as tired as barbary's little wenches gettin it asked long ben opening the clog shop door one morning and standing with one hand on the latch while the other held a piece of the now too familiar oak nay sure exclaimed jabe and putting on his big spectacles he came to the shop door and stared down the street towards barbara's cottage as if a sight of that building would help him to realise what he had just heard as jabe and long ben stood gazing down the road the minister came round the corner more trouble more trouble sir said jabe giving the minister's hand a grip which made him wince who now asked the minister with a jaded look little emmy barbary's emmy you know said jabe ay and her mother too said aunt judy as she passed into jabe's house on one of her occasional fettling up do's both on em exclaimed jabe and ben together ay both on em and oh lord who's to noss em and poor hard old judy actually uttered something which would pass for a sob the minister took refuge in his pocket-handkerchief long ben undisguisedly wept and jabe looking down at barbara's pest-smitten cottage blinked his eager eyes with the most suspicious rapidity well something must be done 
said the minister with a sort of gasp in his voice i'll go and see the lord go with you said jabe but there isn't a woman in t place as can noss em the minister started on his errand and jabe went back to his clog bench jabe jabe dost ta see this it was long ben again and his face had a scared look as he held open the door jabe was at his side as fast as a long leg and a short one could carry him and following the direction of ben's eyes he saw ned royal standing at barbara's door he met the minister going down said ben and as soon as he spoke to him ned set off toward barbary's then he stopped as if he were feart and then he started again and there he is why doesn't he go in asked jabe how can he go in and him a single mon see thee see thee he is going in and to the utter amazement of both ned after hesitating some time and knocking repeatedly gently put his hand on the latch opened the door and passed inside ned's hand trembled and his face was white and set as he went in the room he entered was neatly furnished and spotlessly clean but the fire was out and the room uninhabited ned saw nothing his head was down and his breath was coming short and fast barbary mun i come in he asked without looking up but there was no answer ned tried again but without success then he raised his hand looked about him and, and finally glancing round at a narrow much bescrubbed and uncarpeted staircase in the corner behind the door he stepped towards it and timidly ascended he knocked again when he reached the bedroom door come in said a faint voice and ned with a trembling hand pushed open the door he did not move however but looked wistfully towards the pink and white bed curtains behind which barbara and little emmy lay he said in a humble pleading voice it's me barbary mun i come in no answer only the occupants of the bed seemed to have suddenly stopped breathing barbary barbary let me come in wilta still no answer and at last ned stepped into the middle of the room barbary he said i do not ask thee to forgive me but let me noss thee and emmy till you're better and then i'll go away if thou wants me there was a sudden movement in the bed and one of the occupants turned her face towards the wall and began to sob ned moved gently nearer then he tenderly pushed aside the curtains and the next moment he had taken the plague-stricken woman in his arms and was covering her fevered face with kisses does ta forgive me does ta barbary gasped ned ay lad was the reply slowly and faintly spoken and then the stricken woman laid her head on ned's shoulder and broke out into long sobs of relief go away ned you shouldn't do that you'll catch it said little emmy from the other side of the bed come here emmy said barbara from her pillow on the man's broad breast come here wench this is thy favour when the minister returned to the clog shop he found jabe and long ben in rather heated discussion ah dost ta know as they want somebody else there jabe was saying and if thou objects why doesn't thou go thysel ah can ah go we yon childer in tass retorted ben brethren said the minister drawing the remains of a disused clog bench near the fire i should like to explain this matter to you ned royle is where he has the best right to be 
for he's barbara's husband jabe and his chum looked at each other in amazement they were married at duxbury the minister went on and were very happy until ned took to drinking he's of a very excitable nature though you wouldn't think it from the quietness of his conduct since he came here one night after having endured much provocation barbara spoke sharply to him a quarrel followed and eventually ned losing all control of himself made a most violent assault upon his wife and even in his frenzy threw cradle and baby into the street the magistrates took a serious view of the case and sent ned to prison for some months he came out of prison a changed man and went right away home to ask barbara's forgiveness but she had gone and no one knew where ned guessing that she had gone to her native village and feeling with increasing remorse the blackness of his own conduct gave up the idea of finding his wife and went away to a distance and got work then he got converted at one of our missions and engaged himself in good christian work but his heart was aching for his wife and child and so hearing of the vacancy at the mill here he applied for the situation feeling that though he had forfeited all right to the love of wife and child he would still watch over their welfare and perhaps some day win back their affection he has never spoken to barbara until to-day except in connection with the work at the mill and then in the fewest possible words but just before the bad times he bought the house in which barbara lives and barbara has been very much puzzled because old croppy the brogdon rent collector refused to take any more rent and told her she must wait until the landlord asked for it during the bad times ned kept barbara well supplied with money and has in many ways secretly furthered her interests as soon as the smallpox appeared he came to me with the proposal for getting his wife and child out of the place but barbara refused to move and now he has broken the ice and gone home to nurse them when the minister finished there was a long silence in the clog shop broken only by a sudden falling together of the chips in the fire that's what i call ned's atonement said jabe at last looking hard into the fire yes and his at one moment too said the minister end of chapter one